Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And with us on the line, playing third fiddle in an unknown podcast, is our Florida connection, Florida Senator Phil Jakes. Hey! This thing's still going, huh? <laughs> it's so terrible. You can't it's stop still, it. still you, going. You huh? can't stop the train. <laughs> oh, God. Why am I being subjected to this? Everyone else is being subjected to this too. It just gets worse and worse. So bad. It gets worse and worse. Cool. That was what rough. did I give last week? A two point three? Something like I'll that. I'll give that a two point four. They can be brothers or sisters. Who that was, was horrendous. this? Was uh who was that? Because that was really bad. That Please don't was, I don't know. Oh no, it's playing again. That was Oh, thank God. Oh God. Academia was, do rock. They're as unknown as us. Academia do are they from, rock. Are they French? Brazilian. Oh, Brazilian. I don't know French or Portuguese, and they looked similar. Guess a rock star? Yeah, no. I have no idea. Este pendejo. That's <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> Whatever. It's got to be close to Portuguese. You racist. <laughs> well, Spain's right next door to Portugal. Does that count? Oops. Fuck, I just closed the wrong goddamn No window. one's here for that. Brent, <laughs> fill in for me. Wah, wah. We... Usually start our episodes off with personal updates. Now that that's... Oh, my God. What's happening again? We're watching a NASCAR race, apparently. <laughs> I don't know how to control it either. But anyway, uh, we usually start our episodes off with personal updates. I kind of want to give my update away to Phil first because uh, I think he's got a lot more than I do. And, um, well, I'll let him get into it. Yeah, we uh, we snuck down. The RFD gang snuck down to Auburndale yesterday uh, for a little bit of a test session. Mm. Um, there was a bunch of people there, but it was for the most part. It was we had I think six cars there, five or six. That's um, a lot. Yeah, it, we were we were mobbing. We went to Chili's afterwards, and we were laughing because the whole parking lot was just a line of trailers and race cars. Keeps all but, the uh, other people out. Yeah, we we took uh, we took my car down there, um, and it was the best race car I've ever driven. Hmm. I was, I'm still smiling. I I was absolutely beside myself last night. Just I've been struggling so bad. You know how it is. You've been there too. Still there. Um, but you also know that feel of a car when suddenly it's. It's all not effortless, but it 
you're not fighting the car and it's not fighting you anymore. Hmm. And that all, with all the changes we made, everything we did with the brakes, the underside of the, with the X, the rear geometry, moving the rear end over, the front geometry, everything. It's a completely different car. Uh, rolled it off the trailer running 30s on year-old tires, 1430s. Uh, for anybody that knows Auburndale, it's quarter mile, bull ring, banked kind of like Stafford, but I mean, paperclip turns. Um, rolled it off the trailer, like I said, running 30s, made a few adjustments, and it just kept reacting and getting better and better and better. Ended up going low 20s. Daniel got in it to make a run. Uh, he only went an 18 in it. I went a 21. So that tells me the car is really not that far off and it's really not that hard to drive. Mm. Fighting a little bit of a carb stumble still on both ends, which is probably costing me a tenth, maybe a little more than a tenth. At um, least. But that would put me right there in line with his car, which he unloaded running O's on much fresher tires than I had. Um, and after he got out of the car, he looked at me. He's like, fix that carb stumble and you'll win races. Hmm. And that was, like, not to sound like a little bitch, but it, it made me to the point where I thought I was going to cry because it's been such a fucking struggle. And I've been to the point where I'm doubting myself and, and everybody says, oh, it's not the car. You just need laps. You just need laps. And I'm like, I can't afford to get laps. Like, a set of tires, you need tires to, to know what the car is going to do. And practicing on 200, 300 lap tires ain't going to tell you shit. So I went down there you on your tires. old tires and the car drove unbelievable. Drive off, got into the corner. Daniel said it, it drove the best out of any of the cars he drove all day yesterday. Hmm. And for a 31-year-old dinosaur, that's I'm happy. I've got $12,500 in this car. And we got guys out there spending sixty, seventy thousand dollars on race cars, mm. and he thinks it could be a car. Once, I mean, I'm not going to go to Auburndale. I don't think on the 23rd and just spank everybody's ass. But I think we'll go down there and be really competitive for top five run. If we play our cards right, maybe I can contend for a win. It'd be awesome. Do I expect that? No, I'm realistic, but. I finally have the car to do it. Hmm. Well, that's always a promising. Yeah, I can't. It, it, it was a good day. It was uh, something I was really, really nervous beforehand, especially with the SRL race. I was part of me was happy that rained out as much as it sucked because I wanted to race because I didn't have laps on the car, and my biggest fear was showing up and it would still be out to lunch, and we'd spend all day dialing it in just to not qualify for the race. Because you usually get 30 guys, they're not going to run 30 cars. So mm. now that I've verified what the issues are still remaining, which it's, it's got a weird break, rear brake spike, which I've been fighting that all along, but it's better than it was. So the next thing I'm going to check is I'm going to check and see if the balance bar is getting hung up on something. Because that's what Daniel felt the same thing when he drove it. And he said it could be the balance bar. And I guess they sell balance bars separate. So I'm going to see if I can do that. Um, and it's just got a little bit of a carb stumble. So I'm going to get that looked at and see what we can figure out there. But other than that, everything performed 
awesome. Nothing fell off. Nothing was loose. Thing was great. So you got a better opportunity to keep your competition in line and honest. <sighs> All I want to do is stop sucking. Like, yeah, same. I'm, I'm good at New Smyrna, <laughs> and I'm I'm good at DeSoto. But when it comes to the bullring stuff, the geometry matters more there than anywhere because you're you need the car to cut. And my car would never get into the center. I couldn't carry any kind of roll speed, and I'm still getting beat on roll speed right now. But we we had the dartfish overlay stuff going on, seeing where I was getting beat, where I was beating them, this and that. But to be able to see that and now understand, okay, I need to fix these couple things. I was definitely driving in straighter yesterday because of the brake spike. But once I get that sorted out, I can arc the entry a little bit more, and this thing just turns and you just thunder stomp the throttle and it drives off no problem that's yeah exactly what i was gonna this is exactly what i wanted to do with the late model but we completely ran out of budget and time and effort and it would have been interesting to see if we could you know put our heads together and put something in that car but oh well well you ran out of late model yes (laughs) but i mean I'm looking forward to the 23rd now. I was, I've been hesitant to race for the past couple of years. I don't race a lot because of budget, but I've I've been hesitant just because it's been a struggle, and I hate it's embarrassing for me. Because at Thompson, I won races. I showed up every week. I was a top five contender. I won every freaking heat race for the entire season of 2016. No one could touch me. I just stepped on my dick in the races because they because of the invert and my lack of experience in racecraft. But you know, now I think we got something we can play with. So that's March twenty third. Yeah, March twenty third down at Auburndale. It's just a regular fifty lapper, twelve hundred to win, two hundred to start. Mm. But I expect there'll be fifteen to seventeen cars. It'll be a decent field. Oh, it's like a weekly race then. Okay. Yeah, they run one one a month. Cool. Anything else? I didn't want to like step on your, you know. No, I don't. We don't have anything else really going on other than the teams traveling up to Op Alabama. Uh, we're gonna have. I think we're gonna have one super and the rattler, and we're bringing at least three sportsmen's up there. My car is not going. My my thing right now is an until. I get consistently competitive locally. I'm not going to travel long distances and go up there to suck. That would just make the whole experience miserable. So Mm. once we get it dialed in locally, now that it's actually really good, then I'll think about going to these bigger races. Do you feel any difference with the brand new body on it? It's hard to tell on the small track. It felt like the nose, I mean, visibly the nose was pinned. Hmm. All the way around the track, the nose was literally an inch off the ground. So the having the splitter and the wedge nose on it definitely made a difference. I'm sure it helped on initial entry. Um, it, it's so hard for me to tell because I haven't driven a really good car to compare it to. I've yeah, only it's... ever driven, realistically, it was shit for a long time. And I'm there was a couple nights I ran way above my pay grade with it. 
we should have finished fourth at Auburndale last year if I didn't step on my dick on a restart. Um, I took the high side and just got drugged back. Yeah, you'd almost, you'd almost have to get it up to a little bit bigger of a track to notice, I guess. I think if I took it up to Smyrna, it would be lights out, but oh, they yeah. don't pay enough for it to be worth me to go there. I'm not <laughs> racing for 450 bucks to win in a late model. Yeah, it's a little rough around the asphalt purse lately. Yeah. Probably for the last 30 years. I don't know. Either I think way. they're about 30 years behind. Oh, when you... Uh, I forgot to ask. Did you when you put that body together? Did you put it like? Did you have it like pre-cut from Daniel's shop and like do it at home, or did you do everything there? We did everything there. So that's the first time that I've put a purpose-built for the car, everything measured there, body on it. The last body we had on it was just measured off of templates, so it was kind of haphazardly hung by me. Hmm. This time, I did a lot of the work, but Daniel did a lot of the major work, especially with hanging the nose and building the front fenders. It, I was actually a little nervous because I can't see past the fender hump. I don't know <laughs> where the nose is. Oh, that's um, not good. But I, I will say this is the first time the car has gotten down onto the splitter, and I could physically hear it just, just tickling the splitter going through the corner, and that's perfect. That's just what you want with it. Did you guys use small head rivets when you put it together or <laughs> Yes. I, I moved on from the big head rivets, mostly because the trifold rivets, I really like them. They hold really, really well. So you bump well, they into make a them car in big head rivets. Rip the whole panel off. <laughs> I, I definitely yeah. didn't use eighth inch rivets on oh, the body. Okay. Well, I mean, that's kind of small. I I don't even like Or sixteenth. I use that on like interior tin. Does that count? I mean, the Hamke car, the interior tin, and all that stuff safe in rivets. Well, you don't so. need anything else for that. Some places don't no. let you do that. Some places you actually have to tack the uh, interior tins in. Hell, anyway. some of the interior on the Hamke car is bolted to the bars. I've never seen that before. It's got little hex head bolts. Weird. Maybe Easier so they can service it, stuff. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I could do that. I don't, I don't know what the rules are. Anyway. I don't want to. I don't want to step on you like a pedestrian here. So, um, no, I don't got anything else here. <laughs> All right. Newsflash: If anybody doesn't follow me on Instagram, the late model has been sold. It is gone. It is out of my hair. It left on Saturday for greener pastures and somebody else that can take care of it. So anyway, greener pastures or greener pockets. I don't really know the difference at this point. So. I mean, when you're looking at the difference in cars and how much they cost now, it's it's almost ridiculous. I, I mean, greener pockets for you. Oh, momentarily. <laughs> that shit's going to be gone in no time. <laughs> <laughs> I I did do good. I, I took a 1000 out of it, and uh, I'm going to take and put the rest in the bank and be smart about it. So I'm going to completely waste all my money. Anyway, not like there was a lot. So... I'm at the stage where build season is uh, not too f- not not going too badly. We're kind of ahead, I'd say. Um, plenty of stuff already figured out from last year. I already put a new body on it. Everything was pretty well maintained already, so not a lot of work is going to go into it. That's why I played with the late model for so long, because I'm like, well, I don't really have to do much. So 
waiting on parts, basically. We're waiting on brake parts. I got a new video out on YouTube at youtube.com slash Brent Gleason. If you want to go subscribe over there, it would help me out a ton. And How to launch your brake piston across the room? Uh, twice, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody will hear about the second time. Uh, but, well, they weren't attached to the car. So anyway, uh, if you do look at my YouTube videos, you'll notice that I put a little bit of a... It's not really an advertisement. It's more of a call to action, I guess, at the beginning of my videos because I'm in the, uh, running for that, what is it, the racechoice.com sponsor contest. And um, I'd really like some sponsorship. And most of the time I don't like sponsor contests because I feel like it's a way for people in businesses, I should say, to get free advertising out of the people who are in the contest and the only people who really benefit from it are the people who win. Um, this not quite the same, because if you use my code SUPPORTGLEASON, which is, again, SUPPORTGLEASON, it's all one word, at racechoice.com, you actually get 5% off. So it's at least more people than just the company are benefiting from this. It's like Rock Auto. You get 5% off there. Why not here? So it would help me out in the sponsor contest if you guys could use that code if you need parts safety equipment, off-road stuff, whatever they sell. So racechoice.com, code support Gleason. It would help me out a ton. Hopefully it uh, turns out well for that uh, sponsor contest. That would be great. It might even dictate where I race this year. We'll see. Hey, if, if Adrian Paradise can get it, you can get it. Well, we'll see. I mean, he might be a social media genius, and I just don't know it. I haven't seen much of that. He's a heck of a driver, and he's a damn good dude. Mm -hmm. But I have not seen any social media presence from him, so I, th I think you should be all right. I mean, I cleverly worded it so that probably made me sound like a douchebag, so they probably won't pick me. <laughs> I, told, I told them straight up on the application, they're like, what do you feel like you deserve this? I said, because I'm the quintessential short track racer. And I mean, I you went are. Into, I mean, we all kind of are. Yeah, I went We're into great detail. budget guys. Went into great detail about my background and how I do things, and I'm like, there. You want to give it to somebody who actually, you know, might matter, not somebody who already has the money to take care of it? Give it to me. I don't know. Anyway. So the late model's gone. We're working on the brake system. We're working on the car. I'm still trying to figure out a few little things we want to translate over from the stuff that we learned at Stafford to try to make it work at Thompson, and that's going to be kind of difficult, but maybe we'll figure it out. Other than that, again, I don't really have a lot of updates. That's pretty much it. I, uh, Well, yeah, we were waiting for parts. Christ, that's all. I got nothing. So mine's pretty short this week. Uh, Jesse actually has an update that he doesn't. Uh, I do? Yeah, that I've, I kind of surprised him with because I found the uh, Thompson Speedway post on Facebook today, they put up a graphic of all-time icebreaker wins at Thompson. And they go down a list of drivers who've won it multiple times. Like, Keith Rocco's won it the most. He's won the icebreaker ten times. And this is all divisions, by the way. Like, all weekly divisions. I think Teddy Christopher's second with eight. Then you got a three-way tie for third with Rick Gentis, Glenn Boss, Larry Bardent, each with six. So it's like... And then you get down to, like... Uh, past 36th place. Uh, they have 36 different drivers that have two different, or uh, two 
I should say, Thompson Icebreaker wins. And Jesse is actually one of them. When did you win the Icebreaker? You've won it a few times. 2007 and 2017. Yeah. But my name's not on there, so it's like, oh, well. Big well, deal. you were close. <laughs> okay, so it's lumped in with 36 other people. They'd have to put, like, three more posts just to put my name on there. Yeah, but think about how many hundreds of people have done this, and they aren't on that list. I remember 2017. You wore us the fuck out that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I, I don't I even started, remember where I finished. I think I finished bad. Like, I think I finished eighth. Yeah, I drove. No, I finished eighth. Oh. You finished behind me because I passed you late. I, I started 13th and fell all the way back to, like, 20th, and I was like, oh, shit. And yeah, I, I watched Jesse. Jesse, you started, like, fifth or something, didn't you? I start near the front usually if I win. Like an icebreaker win, I'm gonna start yeah, near you, the front. Yeah, because it starts heads up from the heat. So. Uh, uh, I was watching his line because you were running up almost above the pass rubber at that point, and just killing everybody. Yeah, yeah. There, there is. Yeah, every the pass rubber does not sync up with. No, oh, no. pass rubbers. What I always liked about the icebreaker race, which was one of my favorite races, actually, is it's because it's a 28 lap feature, but it's break broken up really into two segments. That I always figured it out because the way the handicap works, you get you you get you draw, you get a blind draw. Okay, so you got so you got to get lucky first, mm -hmm. get a good draw, and then and then you race your guts out in the heat race. Yeah, you have to race your face off. You race you race like it is a feature and mm -hmm. it is an eight lap feature. Essentially. And then you know, where you finish there is pretty much where you're going to start or whatever row you is it is you're going to start into the feature. And from there on you you try not to go backwards. You know, you either got more catching up to do or what or hold off people. But you do all your passing, most of your every car you pass in a heat race is two cars in the feature. Yeah. That's how I always looked at it. Stop giving away our secrets. So, no, you just the <laughs> secret's easy. You just run the fuck hard. Everybody knows, yeah. And so and I always like the cold weather. You know, there's just like no, you know, it's no grip and and you just and I just you know, I, I, I don't blink, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. No heat in the tires, no nothing, just send it and go. Yeah, just hang on That's why gonna, I love that race. Yeah. I have not won it. I haven't won that. I haven't won the World Series, so maybe someday. Who knows? We'll figure it out. But, yeah, I figured Jesse has an update, so we'll have him have one for once. So Cool. It's from history. Yay. <laughs> Yay, from history. Hooray, the, the past. All right, cool. All right, until basically uh, to the listeners, before the local season really starts to kick in, these shows are going to be much shorter. Hopefully we can keep the ball rolling and keep – all of the shows shorter than last year because, man, two and a half hour shows are so long. And I can't, I don't feel like talking for that long. Yes, you do. That's kind of why Jesse and I have our second podcast. If because we forget to keep plugging this thing, it's been a few weeks and we've forgotten all about it already. So we had an off season show that we did. It was essentially a true crime podcast, but it featured motorsports. It's called Race Cars and Jail Bars. You can find it everywhere whatever podcast player you got you can find it there give us a good rating if you can share it with your friends it's just a good time and if you like a, an at least an hour long to well we had one show go two and three quarter hours long but that was very extensive 
but they're usually about an hour long. So if you like that sort of stuff, you like racing and you like true crime, we do a show in the off season. It's currently on break. We'll come back to it in November ish. And then we'll do that until next season starts again. But yeah, go check out the show. It's race cars and jail bars. It's a lot of fun. And we keep forgetting to plug it on the show because I don't know why. <laughs> Just forgetful. And thank God Rick Crawford's wiener is still in jail. Yes. Yes. If you listen to the show, you'll get that reference. Anyway, since we're trying to keep these things short, might as well go move on over into the second segment of the show. And it's the much anticipated and highly celebrated DARF comment of the week. Now, aside from the usual Twitter beefs and uh, Facebook arguments that Phil gets into um, constantly. <laughs> Not constantly. Constantly. I had one. You put th- and I didn't even start it. You put three tweets out for my tweet. Like I know it was on not on purpose, but it almost seemed like he was lecturing me on why I should like what racing is. Oh now. no, that was I totally <laughs> responded to the wrong person in the group. I was like, why is he telling me this anyway? Hey, I, I mean, when you're sitting down taking a shit at lunch, you can't really <laughs> go back and edit your tweets. You can delete them. Uh, let's see. Let's go into. I was going to choose the argument that Phil got into, but then I started reading it and I'm almost seeing the other guy's point of view because maybe he was doing something he was asked to do, even though if it wasn't quite right. But I don't really care about that. We've already cracked some jokes. But I'm not using that one because I don't feel like it. Fuck Hill. I have... uh, (laughs) I have... uh, a kind of a themed tweet. You know, you can't please anybody ever. No. For for any reason whatsoever. And that's been a theme in the show. You know, a race could go green to checkered, get in in time, and people would still complain about how slow it was. It's just, they just, they're unpredictable. That's what I'm trying to say. The predictable is that they'll always want to bitch about something. There's yeah. If there were too many cautions, they'll say, "Oh, it was it was too slow," even though they saw a lot of action. It's like there's somebody who will always find something wrong with everything that anything, anything and everything. So I had this tweet from Jeff Gluck. He was uh, posting one of his articles, I think, for what's he right the Athletic, I think. The Athletic, yeah. Yeah, it's The Athletic. And I don't even... I think you can... Actually, it was a subscription service. It was like a dollar a month, right? It was something really, really cheap. Uh, I Actually, I think you can make an account with it now, and you can actually get a few like free articles out of them. Not all of them. Obviously, it's still a subscription, but I've heard you can do that. But that's kind of the point of this tweet. He had an article that he posted to The Athletic... And if you go to click on those articles, a little screen will come up that says, create a free account to continue reading. That's all. Didn't say pay nothing. It just says create a different account. So Jeff Gluck actually posts a a quote tweet, which means he picked up someone else's tweet and put it in there. He says, nothing against this guy in particular, but I've seen a uh, a few of these tweets lately and just have to laugh. My replies used to be full of, I'm not paying to read an article. But now that there's 
like a few free stories or whatever it is before people have to subscribe. And he just goes on and on about how people don't want to pay for something and they complained when they had to pay for it. And then they complained when they had to just, all they had to do was make an account and they're still complaining because this guy whose name is Garth with alternating capital letters. So it's capital G, little a capital R little T capital H. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. His, uh, at on Twitter X, whatever it is, is at sponge belt. I don't know what that means. Sponge belt, like something that keeps your pants up. So this guy tweeted to Jeff Gluck about that post. He says, nice article. Sorry, but I'm not making an account. And that's what prompted the Jeff Gluck tweet. So this guy replies, right? He says, not making an account if it's free or not. Simple. Matter of fact, let me just unfollow altogether. Jeff Gluck replies, says, honestly, that's a great solution. So, again, this goes along with the theme of you can't please anybody. So, even if it's a dollar a month, somebody won't pay for it. And even if you have to inconvenience them with having to just push a button and make an account, they still don't want to do that either. So, they'll never be happy. What? This is a weak, this is a weak uh, Darf comment of the week. Well, I expected better. I want my money back. As a matter of fact, I'm unfollowing this show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this person replies and says, this isn't an airport. There is no need to announce your departure. Yes, that old gag. (laughs) (laughs) That old gag. For that Listen, Yes, I know. It's so so annoying. There's two things I'm not going to pay for. I'm not going to pay for anybody's podcast. I don't care who you are. I still love you if you do a great podcast, but I'm not paying for it, and I'm not paying for a news article. But guess what? I'm not going to go being a dick to these people. They work their asses off. I'll just say, okay, well, I guess I'll go find it somewhere else. Yeah, That's literally all you got to do is just Google it. And I'm not going (laughs) to say that in a tweet either. I'm not going to type out, I'm going to go find this. You know, it's... Uh, nobody needs to hear you. You know, you could go complain on your own. Or kill yourself. Yeah, you could do that too. You could uh, take our advice and kill yourself. Kill yourself. I wonder if we're going to get any lawsuits for saying that. Yeah, but we're kidding. Well, yeah. I think they actually have to kill themselves. And then, and then mention us in their song. notes or something. And then they'd have to sue us <laughs> from after death. Yeah, but that's what their families would do. We are not lawyers, and I don't plan to be. Uh, I'm going to start lumping any track news or racing news that I find during the week as news we missed from last week because we released the show too early, also known as not-so-news. Just because it gives more validity to the segment. Anyway, as soon as the Cup Series got into Atlanta... And rolled through inspection. Stuart ha- Stuart Haas got spanked on its ass twice, and it liked it. Uh, the number ten and number forty-one machines, driven by Noah Gregson and Ryan Priest, had the roof rail deflectors seized at the track before Saturday's qualifying session. The ten and the f- yeah, the uh, the fourteen and the four all had their roof rails. 
Uh, <laughs> they all had to. They all just ripped them off the car and just hit them in the tra- truck before they came over. They just rolled <laughs> it back over. Said, "No, no, it's not going to work." Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's see. That was before they even got to qualifying. Any potential penalties will be announced next week, which is uh, probably the day this comes out. They'll probably announce the penalties. So that's perfect. All right, Jesse. I have. Right. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Phil. I do have one thing to say. I think the roof rail thing is a distraction. I think there's more to it. Well, sure as fuck didn't work out for them. Well, <laughs> did it? Or, I mean, they, they didn't all run crashed. that great in the race, but oh. it's also a drafting track. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to crash. It's race car roulette. But they were obviously trying to pull some wool over someone's eyes by doing stuff like that. Well, I mean,. What were they? Taller? Because taller I could see. Or longer? Longer could be an advantage also. But what else are they doing with them? Shaping them? I have no idea. I, I'm not yeah, a damn Maybe they engineer. were angled? I don't, I'm don't. i not an engineer. I don't know. Ask Murphy. I think it, I think it was a distraction because there was a couple cars uh, that got busted with the hood louver thing last year. And they've made a big deal out of the hood louvers being super important, especially at these tracks. Hmm. So anything matters at those speeds, uh, really. Yeah, but trying to take your eyes off of something else. They they used to do it with Jeff Gordon's car. Ray Evernham talked about it before. The air. Here's the thing. Let's con, let's expand. Well, it on didn't how, work out for him, did it? <laughs> oh wait, air matters. Let's expand on our discussion about aerodynamics and how much air matters because of Joey Logano. Yes, Aquaman ass glove with his webbed fingers. Fuck it. He looks like a squirrel, so he's now he's got the gloves like a flying squirrel. Now he's a flying squirrel, yeah. They showed the video of him putting his hand up to do something or talk or grab something, and you can see the shit in his hand. And somebody on Twitter, which is really funny because they're all web sleuths or idiots on Twitter, um, somebody posted a in-car video of him when he was coming in from the uh Daytona 500. Sorry if I could spit that out because I got two articles mm-hmm. going at once. And he was really quick to take that glove off and pull it away, wasn't he? Yeah, as soon as his hand came up, the glove came off and he popped his window net with no glove on. So it's like, did he have it at Daytona and get away with it? How fast was he? Yes. Likely. <laughs> Air matters. That's why these guys put their hand up in that little tiny slit where their window net is in order for them to block the air, for fuck's sakes. We could have pulled our DARF comment from the comment sections of the initial notice of people not knowing that, A, NASCAR has a rule in the rule book that all fingers must be separated on the glove, and B, that there's a specific SFI rating the glove must meet, and if it's altered, it no longer meets that rating. Yeah, if you touch that thing, if you even like pull a thread on it, it doesn't meet the rating anymore. Like, well, yeah, it's, NASCAR it's, didn't just make up a fucking rule. It's also the friggin', you know, what material is it made out of? You know, mm-hmm. it yeah. could it could might as well be just magnesium phosphorus to just light up. You know, <laughs> it's like a nylon or something; it just melts. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally that is the most innovative thing that I've seen in the past 15 years in NASCAR, which is really sad. 
I'm sure there's a lot of innovative stuff you haven't seen, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean visibly innovative. You can't do a whole lot with bodies and stuff anymore, so now these guys are blocked. Like, every single one of them holds their hand up to block the air from the window net. Yeah. How much of it can you block probably matters. Next thing, we're going to have guys altering the window nets so it's longer there or moving the window net forward or some, some dumb shit like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're playing with shit like that. Like, there's got to well, be a minimum opening for the weave and all this other stuff. Remember when the Hendrick cars got busted for the A-post modifications years ago? Mm. That's all they were trying to do is deflect air around the window opening. Yeah. Yeah, every little bit. Every little bit matters. Every thousandth of a second, because that's clearly, at the end of the race, we knew every thousandth matters. Oh, yeah. Jess, would you like another reason to hate Formula One? Of course. <laughs> Fuck Formula One. Here we go. You're going to love this one. A I, new one? I'd I, love to hear it. I dug this one up from the Indianapolis Star. The title is of this article, Prepared to Take Every Measure Possible, IMS Upset Over Formula One's Trademark Infringements. Well, they warned them. Yeah. Yeah numerous times about this i already know what it's going to be but yeah, yeah you know exactly what it is well go ahead drop it rip the bandaid off well it seems that formula one and i think it says liberty media i'm not sure who that is probably somebody who works with formula one formula one it's that's who owns formula one hmm okay then because formula one is owned by a media company oh okay i have no idea i thought it was some i don't know it's been that way since uh uh, the 70s, I believe that's that's probably who owns hmm. Formula One. So they've come up with a five-word phrase to help with... Or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's who they are. Uh, uh, they Probably something who they farm out work to, actually. That's what I was thinking, that yeah. they were probably their uh, advertising agency that they were working with or something. Yeah, that's who they, they farm out stuff to. No, who, I'll find out who, who owns Formula One. All right, so... Again, Formula One and this media company uh, came up with a five-word phrase or slogan to try to advertise or to you know bring attention to Formula oh, One. Oh, it is Liberty right? Media. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is Liberty Media. Oh, <laughs> Bernie Eccleston's company. Does he still own it? It's his founder. Oh, well, maybe, I don't know if he retired. Probably retired. But anyway, they came up, let's try this for a third time. <laughs> Sorry. They came up with a five-word phrase to try to, you know, whatever, with Formula One. So it comes dangerously close to the 1986 trademark of the greatest spectacle in racing. So what's happening is that there's an advertisement on ESPN Sports Center on Saturday for Formula One's upcoming season. Um, all, an announcer's voice, here's from the article, an announcer's voice can be heard in the background calling the racing series, quote, the greatest spectacle in motorsports. Hmm. <laughs> the potential trademark infringement follows F1's Miami Grand Prix last year when, or last May, I should say, when LL Cool J in kicking off the in-person driver introductions said 
Let me introduce you to the 20 best drivers in the world. This is the greatest spectacle in motorsports. This is Formula One. <laughs> See, it's kind of like Walmart when they when they put a different kind of when they kind of put a different kind of like fucking uh, uh, bird on a box of Fruit Loops, like a parakeet instead of a toucan or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's close, but oh, it's not quite different instead. enough. It's the off-brand cereal, yeah, and they're trying not to, uh, <laughs> yeah, Fruit Loops instead or Fruit Hoops instead of Fruit Loops, yeah, and it's F R U I T instead of F R O O T, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's d- days after hearing this announce or this uh, introduction by LL Cool J and hearing the words for the first time, Penske Entertainment Corporation and. Sp- Oh, President and CEO Mark Miles, which are the people who own the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and IndyCar, called it a, quote, crock of shit. <laughs> That's I mean, great. they're not wrong. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's verbatim, by the way. <laughs> All right. That's... <laughs> It said of expletive, but we know what he said. Well, that's a crock of shit. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's not very gentlemanly at IndyCar, but I like it. That's pretty cool. We, yes. got, we thought you guys are nerds. All right. Good job, nerds. <laughs> that's it. Uh, Bowles said Indy, to uh, the newspaper that Liberty Media officials had been apologetic around the Vegas promotional incident and said, we get it, we won't do it, but now it looks like they're still doing it. Right, they warned them. They warned them at Vegas when they did that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, don't say it again. It'll be nice to see IndyCar own F1. Maybe they'll actually start passing cars. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you're right. But that's how that's how uh, F1 is re- retains viewership or whatever, or because a, a media company owns formula one so they can make the most boring shit sound exciting so indycar has exciting shit that they have trouble figuring out how to make how to make it sound as exciting as what it is because they're not a media company yeah and i'm just reading through the article and it sounds like indycar was actually kind of cool with it with the response they got the first time and they said look you know, if it was just a one-off deal and they, they said, okay, we won't mess with you, then we would have been fine with it. But apparently it wasn't. So I'm interested to see how this goes. This will be another thing we're going to have to keep our eyes on. IndyCar and lawsuits. God. Yeah, but this time it's with Formula One. Yeah. they Yeah, very litigious. Yeah. Very litigious series. Drivers and owners. <laughs> People not knowing how. Uh, owners and drivers. Yeah, exactly. The only thing I really have left, yeah. The only thing I really have left tonight is freaking race reviews. There's no news going on because the season just started. So, oop. Anyway, I don't know if you guys have anything different to talk about before I go into that, but it's kind of the boring. I don't know. It's kind of the boring season. I didn't watch a whole lot of racing this weekend. I watched some of the truck race and most of the Xfinity race, but Sunday we. I watched maybe 30 laps of the cup race and then I watched highlights. We, it was on at Chili's when we were eating lunch after testing. But other than that, I didn't really want to sit down and watch Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta is the topic of conversation in the racing community now 
because it is so polarizing at this point because of how new fans view it, how old fans view it, how drivers view it. How, everyone seems to have a different opinion about Atlanta. And but I, I just have this one thing to say. They got the finish that they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put it this Boy, way. they locked into that one. Yeah, because the Cup Series bailed them out, which we'll get into. I'm actually getting texts about something, so pardon me for a moment. Put okay. it on Do Not Disturb. I, it is, but it's actually kind of business-related, so I had to just check you it out. You sold the car already. I know. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, Atlanta, before we even get into the, you know, the race recaps and stuff and talking points, it's just like... I loved old Atlanta because I loved watching guys do amazing things with the speed that they were carrying. But again, I grew up in a time when cars and drivers were much, much different than they are now. Jesse, obviously the same, Phil the same. Um, but I loved Atlanta because I, I liked the old Atlanta when it was an oval. Yeah, back when it was that, it was phenomenal. That's where they used to end the season all the time. If you look up, uh, you know, the 1992 season and watch all the videos and documentaries they have on that, it ends at Atlanta. You can see it as an oval. It was great back then. And then they made it bigger. And they go out there and they're doing what? How was the average speed? Bodine put a huge number up, didn't he? 197, I think, was his track record. Yeah, just, these guys are flying, and we're like, holy shit, this track is not supposed to be this fast, and it is, and those cars were kind of monsters, so it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, have you guys seen that video of Rusty Wallace's, what's it, Midnight, when he had the yep. the black and orange, or black and yellow Miller High Life car, or Genuine Draft, was it an MGD car? It was MGD. an MGD car. Okay, that's right. That car, when they roll it out of this like storage unit, it's fully restored. And the guy pulls it outside and he fires the thing off. It is the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, man, I miss cars like that. It sounds like a bowl of Rice Krispies snap, crackle, pop. It is so loud. And I miss those cars. I mean, like, look look at when we grew up in the 80s, 90s, stuff like that. The it was just God. I don't want to go down this road. I'm sorry, but like I said, we come from a different era, and so we're gonna think differently of what's going on now because we watched guys who actually were race car drivers who had to come up through. Like, let's just go through. Well, we got Rusty Wallace. He came from the ASA. You had Dale Earnhardt. He came from dirt tracks. Uh, got Alan Mark Co- Martin ASA. Mark Martin ASA. You had Alan Kowicki coming up from absolutely nowhere to do things on his own to become ASA. a champion. Right. But like I said, he did it all on his own. And just the the list is endless. Right. Well, these are guys who could pass on track without help. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. We came up in an era when people coming into big league stock car racing were still racers. Excuse me. Fast forward to what is it, 30 years later now? The cars are much slower. They, Neutered. They grip way too much. Um, and the majority of people who are there, 
bought their way there. Yes. Or our nepotism. And it's like, well, now, you know, we're watching people we know are there because they have the money to be there. Everybody knows it. It's like everybody knows that wrestling is predetermined, but they watch because they don't know what the outcome's going to be, even though somebody else thought of it. Well, Hulk Hogan always won. Well, yeah, of course he did. (laughs) One of the most incredible motorsports moments I've ever experienced was standing at the entry to turn one at Charlotte Motor Speedway in 2006 and watching Ryan Newman go off into turn one. That fucking thing was screaming. Was that his qualifying lap? Yes. I've never heard, seen, or (laughs) felt anything like that in my life. They're coming by it like better than sex. That that fucking thing was coming by. That thing was coming by at 197 miles an hour at 9,700 RPM. (laughs) And he just goes, burp. That's all he did to the throttle. Burp the throttle right fucking back into it. Just hauling balls. Just you go watch that on YouTube because that fucking qualifying lap is legendary. But like new and old Atlanta, I mean, I didn't mind middle Atlanta. I loved middle Atlanta. Everyone's like, oh, well, the racing was too spread out and everybody would win by 10 seconds and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, well, if you repave it, now it's not. They were driving all you had to do. Balls out. Yeah, they had to or they'd wear their tires out. Now, Jesse and I, before we came on the show today, NASCAR has this YouTube channel where they literally upload all their old races, like all of the ones that they have access to. NASCAR Classics. Right, NASCAR Classics on YouTube. And we were watching races from 1980, something like that, 1978 to 1980. Yeah. Yeah, and we were watching everywhere. We saw an Atlanta race in there at some point. And everyone has this, what you call, I think you call it gaslighting opinion, Jess. Yeah, it's pure gaslighting. That, oh, every race back in the day, people would win by laps at a time. I can't do a good Jesse Ventura voice, but it was kind of going that way. Oh, I can, though. <laughs> people used to win by five laps. They would run four left side tires on and bolt them on and then just go dust the field. And they had thermite paint, and which would activate the turbocharger. My, okay. My personal era, favorite era was like 91 to 94. Yeah. Those were my favorite cars. Drafting at Daytona and Talladega was amazing. The cars were spread out. You could get huge runs and make passes, but you still had to drive the shit out of the cars. Yeah. But like to finish my thought, we were talking about those old races and we're watching the race and it's like, oh, there's the top seven cars right in a line. And no, they're not on a oh, super and, speedway. They're oh, and they're line. actually passing for the lead, not side by side all the way around. This nosing, was, nosing ahead at the line counts as a lead change. Yeah. As opposed, you know. As opposed to a scoring loop. As opposed to, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not a real pass for the lead if you don't go by the son of a bitch, you know. And, you know, they had passes for the lead all over the place. And the racing was phenomenal, and they were all together. And in in what video were we watching? Were there any complete blowout races? Uh, Zero. None of them. Yeah. Every once in a while, you would have a race that somebody really stinks up, which is what happened towards the end of Atlanta, 
Harvick was killing him. Whoever else won would just kill him. I think Truex probably, right? Um, Truex and I think Kyle Larson towards the end was really, really good there. Yeah. And, yeah, you'd get some that stink it up. But then you look back through the archives of old Atlanta and you see multiple cup races coming to the line side by side. Uh, You've got an ARCA race that came completely side by side, three wide. I think the third place car of Harris Devane won that day. You probably remember that one. Um, it, it was like fresh asphalt, Atlanta, too, with uh, ARCA cars. But, yeah, go ahead, Phil. So, to me, there's three eras of NASCAR. There's, uh, what the hell was I going to say it was? There was machine, man and machine, and then man. Mm-hmm. So, at the beginning of NASCAR it was really just a test of whose car would freaking last longer. Those are the races up probably, I think, until like 75, 76, maybe even a little later than that, where if your car didn't break, you were probably going to run really good. And then the big teams started coming in with money and then get good drivers. So then you had all the way through the, the 80s and 90s where – if you had a good car and a good driver, you were running up front. Competition was a lot closer. Now it's just machine. It's mm-hmm. whoever's fucking car is hooked up. You don't have to be the greatest driver on earth. If your car is good, you can win. Yeah. I think Jesse's looking up the statistics of Atlanta and uh, how their the I mean, finishing what, order what, was and times yeah, and stuff. What, what you're talking about with the gaslighting, that did happen, but that was for a very brief period of time and that was really only when like petty came in and he had the big factory support against all these little mom and pop teams of course he's gonna kick their ass unpopular opinion richard petty is not the king he won all those fucking races because he had the superior equipment yes he was a good driver but he had superior equipment holman moody had six or seven other cars how do you think he got that as superior equipment though it he was all dodge. He dodge didn't just come down there and ma- wave a magic wand or whatever. And go, I'll pluck out Richard Petty out of the fucking light blue or whatever. No, he got it because he had to work his fucking ass off and be right. really but fucking he, good. He, he was. I'm I, like I said. He, I'm not saying he wasn't good, but that's the reason those races ended up that way. There was, but there was also a number of teams that were really fucking good too. Why weren't they? He was. Was he the only one with factory support? No, there was a handful of teams that won. But I'm saying, in that era, it doesn't matter what fucking driver. We're in, instead of pinpointing Richard Petty, just in general, in that era, yes, there was races where guys won by four or five laps. That yes. did happen. Yes, all the way through the mid '70s to late '70s. But then. Everybody started getting the factory support. It, it sponsor dollars started mattering more because you didn't have all the big sponsors. That's another part of Richard television. Yeah, the television stuff really helped that. Like the turning point really was for competition, I think around 76 to 79, when TV really started to play a big part in NASCAR. That, and and they're, all they're, the teams hmm. could have that support. That and but all like the teams were really starting to work towards a homogenation as well. It's well, such NASCAR a stupid was. argument for anybody to go back and say, oh, they 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 lapped the field. 
it happened for maybe like 10 years out of the sport's existence. Who fucking cares? And look yeah. where it's got us. It's got us this Atlanta. Oh, the finish was amazing, but the rest of the race was a fucking pile of shit. Listen, I, I like I said earlier on Twitter, I take it for face value. At this point, I've given up hope that the Cup Series is ever going to return to what it was. The Xfinity Series is the best to me. And even that sucked at Atlanta. But That was horrible, right? It was terrible. Yeah. Well, but as a series, it's better. Yeah, you as a series, well, the Xfinity is better. I agree. Half of these idiots are just pay drivers and don't understand that you can use the hill to build a run. You Everybody stays up towards the wall until like two laps to go. I'm like, you idiot, 10 to go. Start doing something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Danny Hamlin said the same thing. If you're running sixth with like five to go, you ain't winning the race. You better start making a fucking move. What what they did to Atlanta is very reminiscent of that all-star package from 2019. You remember that race? I think so. I don't think I want big, to. Big draft. It was a good race. And, and, I mean, I thought Atlanta was a good race from what I saw. But do I want it every week? No. Do I want it for the rest of NASCAR? Absolutely not. Did it entertain me? Yeah. But that's what they're going for. They're going for sports entertainment. Well, speaking of sports entertainment, I mean, well, I mean, unless you want to go into the race, but not yet. Do you want to wait? I, yeah. We'll, no. we'll touch, I just think we'll touch to on me, it later. Super late models is the top tier of actual short track in, in circle track racing, rather. And then everything above it is just a circus. Yeah, it is. I mean, greed. Yeah. Agreed. Yes, we agree. Yeah, I do. It's yeah. Here's, I mean, my opinion on Atlanta is it used to be great. Now it just, I don't like taking what, like talent out of the the race car. It's like I said before, even on Twitter, I think I said it. I came from a different era. I appreciated how much skill it actually took to move these things around the track at the speeds they were going. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about it, a lot of NASCAR got popularized by a, the guy next door, the mechanic, the the ordinary person doing extraordinary things, which was really a lot of the guys who were popular, like we just named off earlier. You know, Earnhardt Wallace, Mark Martin, Kowicki, all these guys who came up 80s, 90s. And, you know, you're watching these guys do this dance with these absolute monstrous machines and it was just a it was a thrill to watch how they could actually handle a car that doesn't really want to be on the racetrack putting out 900 horsepower well and here's the thing to me to me speed doesn't matter if i'm sitting there watching tv i can't tell you if they're going 180 or 190 no i can't I, either I visibly can't tell you the difference if you go to the world series as a fan are you more likely to sit and watch limited sportsmans or are you more likely to go and watch super modifieds? Which more exciting to you? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, we didn't answer that All for a reason need... because those are just really cool fucking cars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, super modifieds are badass, if you just but I would rather watch a field of 30 street stocks beat the fuck out of each other. If you're going to say, Hey, watch, uh, uh, if, if, if street stocks or crepe mods, SK Lights, which is the better race? It's going to be Street Stocks. SK Sox. Lights, but it, SK Lights always. For 30, if they have 30 cars of those things, they're entertaining as hell. Yeah, it's but Stafford. They're low, how, 
they're the, low horsepower. They're they're entertaining for the wrong reasons because you have to wreck the guy to pass <laughs> up anybody at Thompson. Well, yeah, but my point is with the street stocks, they overpower the tire, they slide all over the place, and you have to drive the shit out of them. A super modified, yeah, you got to drive it, but they're glued to the fucking ground with a big eighteen inch right rear tire, and. and yeah. To me, that's not entertaining. Like, it's cool to watch someone go really fast, but I want to watch them put on a damn show. Not a lot of passes but for the lead. I'm cautious, yeah. cautiously optimistic about the future of Atlanta because I think in, I know it's a long time to wait, but eight to 10 years, once that surface wears in, those things are going to be all over the place. It's already starting to wear in. Did you see how many patches they already put in that thing? Yeah, the Xfinity cars were sliding around. That's why they couldn't pass. But at the same time, that kind of makes it a little bit entertaining because you know they're driving the shit out of them things. Yeah, but they've never been able to pass since they put this track this way. The last few years has been exactly the same. It's Get- really not a lot different than Charlotte. Charlotte's banked 26 degrees. Atlanta's banked 24 degrees, and Charlotte, they're both equally as wide. Charlotte, you lift. Yeah, but that's where I think Atlanta's eventually going to go. Hopefully. We can only hope. Because Charlotte was hammered down. Imagine this car at Charlotte when they first repaved it back in 08, I think it was. Yeah. That something, place something was hammered down back then. So, yeah. I, think, I mean, until the I tires think if heated we up. Wait, it sucks to wait. Mm-hmm. I would love for it to be good now, but I think it's going to eventually get good. But. The car is a lot of the problem. I keep saying it. I said it before, and I was right. You can't blame an inanimate object. The car is the damn problem. Uncork them. Let them go. I agree. And and if you're that worried about keeping them slowed down or whatever for safety, just make lower horsepower engine with no Mm. fucking plate. Give them throttle response. Take away some tire. Take away spoiler. Make them hard to drive. I think it would separate them as well because they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't have as much uh, depend they wouldn't be so dependent I guess is the word I'm looking for. Uh, I, I on think anybody that would fix in, Daytona and Talladega too. Yeah, I don't think you'd become so dependent on the run. You could use your power to catch somebody from further back because they'll be poking a bigger hole in the air. I don't know. Anyway, these tapered spacers have ruined motorsports. I, I think it's the dumbest thing. See, racing. Uh, what it, what's going on today? It's it's how what separated yesteryear from today, and where where they're losing their core fan base is because of it is the type of race. The racing itself is highly manufactured, and by what I mean by manufactured is that it's highly regulated by the sanctioning body, and the sanctioning body with its rules and everything wanted are the ones that are dictating what type of racing there is going on here. They wrote these rules out at Atlanta for a very specific reason, and that was to make it like Daytona, Daytona and Talladega. So with that in mind, it seems it seems less organic. It's highly manufactured for showmanship, not for sport, if the yeah. sanctioning <laughs> body has to deal with anything like that. It's not, it's not scripted. I mean, we it's didn't get a script, but yes, what we have is something that's highly produced and highly manufactured and it's out of the teams and it's out of the competitors' hands. And when it's out of the teams and the competitors' fans, then what kind of legitimacy do we have uh, as a sport? You kind of don't, yeah. especially 
when we go into the race itself and we'll talk about I, that later i've given up hope that it'll ever be what it was but it i'm not going to stop watching it still entertains me so I don't know. i'm debating on it i'm kind of getting bored with it <laughs> well these, i don't know but then i wouldn't be they, on the show Vegas this weekend's gonna be a badass <laughs> you know? race those cars run awesome there so i i'm looking forward more to the xfinity series because of the, how they've run the last few years over the cup series any day like I will rush home from work on Saturdays to make sure that I can watch that race, and Vegas is going to be good for them. So, don't worry, you'll have fun next week in the I Racing League because we're going to run Vegas with the Gen Four cars. It's dash reference. Oh, we are. Oh boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so I was actually, you know, when we finished last week after the Daytona Five Hundred had finished, we'd ended up watching the Xfinity race after that, and I'm just. It's so far away. I don't feel like it's even necessary to go talk about it at all. I don't even remember who won. Austin Hill. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's won everything this year. He won both races so far. Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, But if you're listening to us, you know already because you probably watched or heard. So it's not really a spoiler. It's like us saying, wow, we got a real interesting show for you, and you see the title. So it's like he is the closest thing we'll ever see to Dale Earnhardt Sr. himself on a restrictor plate track again. He's always in the right place at the right time, and he's always in the mix. I was just looking through my notes because I'm like, all right, is there anything to talk about? Oh, we could talk about uh, Jordan Anderson. He had a killer run. Did he start on fire again? No, he finished uh, P3. Oh, yeah, that's right. And his uh, team car there, Parker Retzlaff, I think he finished fifth. Yeah, but he was having, uh, Jordan was having a killer run. I think he was uh, second or third, real late, had a real good shot at it. And then a whole bunch of shuffling, and he went back pretty far and then came right back up to third. I guess they were real fast, so I'm happy for him. Anyway, Atlanta was, for all intents and purposes, incredibly boring until they got to the cup race, which I'm, thankful for at some point somebody had to rescue that shit show mm. and usually it's the xfinity series but the cup series was the ones to rescue it this time because man it was it was bad because trucks started off i might as well go into these because i don't have anything else to talk about we got to wait till the local season kicks off but trucks in atlanta uh christian eckes won the first stage allegedly without brakes and that was a yep. fiasco you see him go into the pits? He definitely had no brakes. He had, he went into the pits and then right back out of them. Yeah, he was saying on the radio that there was fluid on the floor. I knew that was not a great thing. <laughs> no. That means it's coming out of the master pissing all over his foot. Or it was a, <laughs> the line. After the pit stop. Yeah, I think it was the line going to the right front. I think he had, like, no front brakes or something. Yeah. But he couldn't stop, and they went down a lap trying to fix it. Let's see. After that, uh, let's see. Thad Moffat spun out, brought up third caution about lap 50. That's when Eckes pulled his truck behind the wall. They were like, nope, we can't fix this thing. Sorry. So let's see here. Lap 59, Jack Wood. I don't even know who he's racing for because he was one of the last of the Kyle Busch Motorsports guys. Is that uh, – what the hell is that guy's name? McAnally? No, Tricon? Damn it. I don't know anybody now. So what anyway, was uh, 91. I don't know. Yeah. McNa- yeah. McAnally? McAnally, yeah. Uh, McAnally. Oh, McAnally. McAnally. So it's not McNally. It's, yeah, McAnally. 
Okay. It says right here on Wikipedia, McAnally. Hmm. Okay. So he's... Hey, he got, woman racing. Apparently he got turned into the grass and then took the front end of his truck off. Stayed down in stage two. I guess Kyle Busch won that. Um, I watched Rajah Karuth make just a killer save when he lost the right rear going into turn one. Anybody else see that? About 56 to go, I think. Uh, also... Uh, I don't... I don't remember that. Yeah, it was a real uh, quick blip because I don't think it brought out a caution, but, man, it was a good save. And it just was not the kind of save that NASCAR claims Sheldon Creed made that one time because he actually was, you know, spinning out. This was a real save, you know. Anyway, about 40 to go, uh, Bailey Curry lost about three-quarters of his roof, and that brought out the caution. <laughs> Did you hear Denny's podcast? Did not. He was he was cl- he uh, claimed that they were uh, that most of the trucks and what they probably were doing is weakening the braces that hold the roof on, and so it deflects and whatnot. Yeah, to I go mean, through the air and, and and everything. A lot of guys were thinking that too. Yeah, yeah, he was thinking about that. I think Bailey Curry came out after the race and said, "Oh, something hit my windshield." It's something might have just to trigger it, but the brace is so weak that it just rips it right off. And, um, God, I mean, I've never seen anybody lose a roof before. <laughs> Nobody. I thought we were in the 50s again. Was, Convertible race. Jesus. The only <laughs> thing left of that, the only thing left of the roof was like the little box that they put the roof flaps in. Yeah. You could see it happening though. For like on lap thirty is when it started. The windows started caving in, mm-hmm. and uh, I won't name names, but I I texted a, a an official friend of ours, and they said uh, there was chatter, but nobody really did anything. See, <laughs> I bet this really has Elton Sawyer's attention. <laughs> He's gonna some that's gonna be on. Oh, uh, that's news. right. We're we're unknown. That's gonna be uh oh yeah. That's gonna be on news that happened next week because we release the show too release early. Release the show too early. Something will happen. They 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 allowed the team to take the truck back to their shop, but said don't touch it until we come look at it. Do those things have composite roof panels now? Yeah. Oh okay. I was wondering why it ripped off so easy. I'm like, if that was metal, that thing would have just buckled. Nope thing blew right off i looked at it i'm like man those jagged edges that looks weird nope okay it looked like a piece of foam off the columbia shuttle <laughs> did we go there on that one whoops uh so i think what it was it brian murphy was commentating on uh twitter about that incident and when the truck came down pit road he was just kind of laughing he put a. they're like you see pictures of guys with like duct tape and uh, what the hell else? Somebody had like a lug wrench or something. I don't know. Just somebody going out there with all the wrong tools that they're not going to be able to fix that roof with. Did you see that tweet, Phil? No, I'm actually looking for it right now. It's <laughs> well, I replied to it. and uh... Yeah, brake clean, screwdrivers, and duct tape. Yeah, there it is. But the brake clean... Makes sense because you could squirt and get oils and rubbers off. That way the tape will stick. Uh, duct tape ain't going to fill that hole, though. <laughs> that's Actually, the whole it looks like roof. it was either aluminum or steel. Really? Because I thought it was composite. It, I don't Look, know. Looking at the picture of Derpy Derp there, uh, 
holding the the duct tape, going, oh, "What do I do?" Well, did you see my uh, tweet? Where is it? Yeah, you got to go find that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's one guy that goes, "So I'm just going to tape it back on." <laughs> well, my response was, "This would be my face too." And I zoomed in on the guy. And apparently his name is George Balfans Jr. Because he took my picture and made it his new profile on Twitter. (laughs) This is really hard to tell. And then people were starting to use him as a meme. Like the look of surprise. You know what I mean? So anything that would be uh, surprising or shocking, they would just post his face. Oh, sure. There you go. Right here, it's torn. It looks like metal, but over here, it's all jagged. It look maybe that's fiberglass. The back corners of the cab. I mean, it could be. Maybe they put a little bit thicker material in to hold the box, or they weld that to the cage. I don't freaking know. But I don't know. It looks like it could be composite. Like I don't know what that is. Maybe that's the wrap that tore there, and that's why it looks like that. I don't know. It could be, too. Yeah, likely. It's above my pay grade. I'll never own a truck, so. <laughs> Not that kind. Nor do I ever want to own one and race with those friggin' blithering Oh, idiots. man. If there was ever a way for the lower, um, the guys who are coming up with a bunch of money to come through and infect their way up, They've now infected the truck series because it used to be like late models and super late models. Then it migrated into Arca, which was K&N series. And now it's starting to work its way into trucks. And it's like, oh, the infection is spreading. You can't stand it because it's just a plague of awfulness that takes over these races now. It's the new Arca. Yeah. Truck series is the new Arca. It's awful. Uh, You still got the, the... Hardline guys like Enfinger and Matt Crafton, some of the older guys, but it's like they're not even that old. But well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like, where all the Arca kids have ended up, right? It's I don't know, but anyway, uh, I think about what seven to go. Grant Enfinger broke and fell off, and that handed the lead to Kyle Busch. Dude, and that was so disappointing. The breaker run out of gas. It sucks. Flat. Oh, flat, flat right flat, rear. I believe flat right rear. Something. Yeah. Something or happened. left rear, actually. Yeah, well, it still gave the lead to Kyle Busch. And in the last seven laps, there was zero challenge for the lead. Nothing. None. No one even tried. Every single person in the Xfinity, the truck, and, well, most of the cup race, if you were not on the top and trying to make something happen on the bottom, it never did. And you went backwards. Unless you could actually build a run with just overpowering number of cars. But, again, we don't find racing where you need help to pass people as being I don't find that very entertaining. Yeah, I don't find it entertaining. I don't find it to be elite. I don't find it to be really, I don't know. It's it's entertaining. Majeski said he wasn't willing to make a move. He, He... See, Majeski's a racer. He understands that if it's not your day, it's not your day. Yeah, and if he tried he to make, make a, move. a move because he was going to be outgunned because Corey Heim and Taylor Gray behind him are teammates, and they're just going to hang him out. Right, so he was screwed either way. So he he played it smart. I was shocked that the teammates didn't make a move. Yeah, but if they went to the bottom, they probably wouldn't have made any sort of a challenge for the win, even together. 
because I was I watching know. guys, I was watching even numbers of trucks and cars in the Xfinity race be together, and the top lane always prevailed. Yeah. Always. Yep. Too sharp of a corner on the bottom. Not enough banking. I think they gave too much banking up top. I think they tried that progressive shit again. Not enough power, no, too I much traction. Pretty sure they did. Make it a momentum car, the high line wins all the time. Yeah. It's a momentum now car. Now I have to see. It's a momentum I car. I think they did, but I could be wrong, obviously. I'm wrong a lot, so. Anyway, we went into the second shit show, which was Atlanta for the Xfinity series. And again, you didn't miss a hell of a lot if you watched this thing. I think Not really. Jesse Love and his new ride for R8 RCR took over for uh what's his name there? Austin oh, Powers Austin Powers Love Child, what's his name? Sheldon. Sheldon Creed. That's it. Yeah, cuz Creed's over at RCR now, I think. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I did. Joe Gibbs Racing. Oh, yeah, he was last year. Got him an idiot. That two car <laughs> was a rocket ship. Oh fuck yeah! That thing and his Nothing teammates' car could touch it except fuel mileage. Yeah, but that was the same with pretty much everybody. And I'm, how much did you save? I I saved enough. Enough. How do yeah, you know if it went green? <laughs> how do you know you saved enough? It's your first time. Yeah. If there wasn't a seven lap caution for debris. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If that thing went green, he probably would have won it. Um, yeah, he anyway, he started on the pole, led every lap of the first stage, and that told you pretty much everything you needed to know about how this race would go. Single file, and if anybody pulls out low to pass, like what Parker Kligerman and Sam Mayer tried on the last lap of stage one, they just go straight backwards, no challenge whatsoever. Love also won stage two. Uh, let's see, under 10 to go. After single file racing the whole time, everyone was concerned with fuel like we'd mentioned. Some cars were two and a half laps short, like up to that mount. It's like, that's way too short. You're not saving that when your foot's down all the time. Uh, let's see. SHR teammates Cole Custer, Riley Herbst ran out with three to go. Another Ford, Ryan Sieg, ran out and coasted to a stop, and that caused the yellow. Coincidentally, all the Fords that are in the Xfinity Series ran out of fuel on the same lap, which there's not many Fords. I think there's, what, six, something like that. Yeah, it is. it's weird. It's really weird that there's no Fords I mean, in Xfinity. Well, it's it's like there's as many there's probably less Fords and Toyotas together than there are Chevy's total. But that's been that way for like thirty years. It's like a, it's it's like the street stocks. It's a Chevy division. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I said, it's been that way for like thirty years, and I don't know why. Um, let's see. So everyone but like Austin Hill, Chandler Smith, and Shane Van Gisbergen. Uh, ran out of gas, plus those cars that were actually smart enough to come down and pit on that last yellow. Yeah. Uh, but there was, again, no challenge for the win because it was like a green-white checkered, and everybody ran out of gas. Austin Hill inherited the lead, and nobody pulled down around him. That was it. Once he had the lead, nobody tried. Yep. I'm like, oh, okay then. So Austin Hill went two for two on the season, inheriting the lead and saving enough fuel so that was a good run for them anyway does it seem Jesse like love led 157 laps of that race I oh know. yeah he led the whole thing yeah the whole the he whole... was leading with seven to go when he ran out of gas or whatever <laughs> yep. three to go yeah yeah the whole post-race comments is just it's just god it's like it's nothing but sunshine and 
and unicorns barfing uh, rainbows and farting glitter over at RCR. Oh, you know, just gushing over each other's teammates and stuff Ugh. like that after the, the the disaster of how last year ended. It was kind of nauseating there for a while. Hey, did you did you happen to hear Andy Petrie? He did an interview. What was it last week? And he praised Sheldon Creed, which yeah. was kind of funny. Considering yeah, how that relationship ended, yeah. yeah. Well, he knew he was in the fucking wrong anyway. So yeah, they they they're definitely uh, had to save face. They they got an ass ripping probably all over social media. So they had to. Yeah, they had to do a lot of damage control. Yeah, I I'm mean, looking forward to getting back to some real race in this. I week. mean, if they backdraft, if they if he backpedaled that hard, he's going to run into something. So <laughs> I just stumbled upon something as we move into the cup series here i just stumbled upon that tweet that i was talking about about joey logano's glove possibly being used at Ooh. daytona as well yeah well someone's got footage and yes it was used at daytona yeah it was used at daytona you can see it in the footage when he's qualifying oh it's in the window you can see it yep it's there i'm like oh shit so did he use a different set of gloves to make it through tech and then uh Put some others on or something. Have somebody sneak them one or what? Probably what switch them the, out. What after. color's the big trailer now? Is it red again? Uh, I thought it was black before. Oh yeah, it is black now. I think it is black, right? The NASCAR hauler. Call them to the big black truck. I'm sure <laughs> there's going to be some fines that we don't know about because we know that happens. Uh, you know who posted this video? Uh-oh. Braden Laster. He's a... Oh. I think he ran on ARCA, does part-time NASCAR stuff. So does some racing here and there. That's a great way to end your career is out one of the most popular drivers in NASCAR. <laughs> out Joey Logano on Twitter. Nice job, kid. Nah, He's he... not going to get any help anymore. <laughs> well, who do you Knock think... Knock it off, asshole. Who do you think told NASCAR it was... Oh, who you knows? know, it, it, it's probably another competitor or somebody in the garage area. Likely, they're the biggest, yes. they're the biggest oh. snitches and tattletales of them all. Of yeah, they, they tattle are. on each other all the time. Mm. Hell, we used to do it at Thompson, so yeah, well, everybody used to do it to us too. Yeah, well, if you weren't <laughs> cheating so, so bad, Phil, I mean, God, right? I mean, damn, at least but, I didn't have. God, I, I wish I knew what he said there. Yeah, what did he say? Out. <laughs> out. Oh, God, I think he's gone. Well, wait. No, he might be gone. <laughs> no, we didn't hang up on you. <laughs> I still see you guys. I know. Oh, we missed everything there. But, <laughs> but we missed every single thing hey, you said he's there. Back. I said uh, at least I didn't have decked heads on my 602 crate motor. No, you didn't. I didn't either. <laughs> certain, certain blue car did. Oh, gotcha. All right. Is that the one you crashed? <laughs> Front clip that bitch. Yep. Don't drive into my right rear ten times in three laps. Well, it's okay. He was sponsoring the division. He didn't do anything wrong. He drove into my right rear and then hit the wall. I don't know what to tell you. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, how do I wreck someone that's behind me? Tell me that one. I should. Uh, I should get myself a pair of webbed gloves. See what they do. Anyway. Let's go over to Cup Series because, yeah, even before the race began, his gloves got confiscated by NASCAR. He was penalized to start from the rear, 
And was it a penalty, though? No, it wasn't. He had to serve a pass through and start from the rear. Apparently, the gloves had that webbing sewed into the middle or the between the thumb and the fingers on the left hand to deflect air coming into the car during qualifying. Yes, air does matter that much. Didn't Although he? He was slated to start on the front row, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah, so I think he it would was, have been involved in that lap two crash anyway. I'm so pretty. Sh- wasn't it the Daytona 500 front row, but just backwards? Yes, that's yes. what I thought. Yeah, because McDowell had the pole. Yeah, he's those guys are running. Yeah. They got their Front super row motorsports for real. Their super speedway stuff's been really coming along well. Yeah, pretty good after a line with Penske. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're no longer a C level Ford team. Mm-hmm. I believe they're an A level now. They get more support than Stuart Haas does, which is sad. <laughs> I believe they're A level. Would yes. you consider Roush, Fenway, RFK, whatever they are now, uh, to be A level? I don't know. They, I mean, they ran really good last year at the plate stuff. This well, year Roush they were kind of in. Roush has been diehard Ford, so Ford has always had a really tight relationship with Jack. So, I don't know. Anyway, It'd be weird to see a Roush Chevy. Yeah, I don't know if that'll ever happen. But uh, anyway, I don't think it would have these penalties would affect him too badly because uh, lap two, about four to fourth to sixth place back started stacking up and the entire field started to accordion going into turn one and from about ninth place back they all started spinning and wrecking i think 16 cars were involved in this wreck and uh, most of them pulled away i think josh williams was out and uh he said he thought he left arca a long time ago which i thought was really funny uh (laughs) that's a good slap in the face uh, I believe it was also the largest crash in Atlanta Speedway history. But, you know, it's entertaining, so that's okay. Couple spins, nothing major. Bring out yellows here and there, including uh, Chris Busher and Denny Hamlin, which was interesting because uh, I was seeing... I, I know people are like, oh, we're seeing cars spinning out on their own now. And I'm like, yeah, but only when they're in a pack of cars. If they were on their own, they wouldn't be spinning out. But the opportunity for them to spin out, I suppose, is interesting because now you have to drive the cars. But I believe Hamlin spun down through the infield after he came down the track off a of turn four across uh, Kyle Busch's nose, who lifted, but it didn't avoid contact. Bush radioed in later. He said, uh, what was he doing? And uh, Spotter said, I don't know. I called him there. And uh, Hamlin, I guess he came over the radio and said, I thought I was clear. And his spotter said, no, still inside. And he says, okay. I think that was what it was, but it was something like that. All three stages, Hamlin was involved in an incident. Each stage. (laughs) (laughs) He hit the hat trick. I saw a wonderful meme going around Facebook and Twitter today where Hamlin is standing there say, I wrecked, I wrecked every one of your drivers. And they said, all of them. <laughs> Which ones? All of them. <laughs> I was involved in more crashes than any of your drivers. Which ones? All of them. Oh, God. So anyway. Are you up to lap 63 yet, Brent? Uh, is that before the end of stage two? After the end of stage one. I'm not there. Well, yes, I am there now then. Okay. Uh, yeah, did you hear on the 
the interview on pit road. Oh, where they do the thing where they yeah, they, they profile were, the the pit crew members now. Yeah, they were profiling the pit crew guys because you know a lot of the pit crew guys are now getting popular, especially our own. Everybody's got a podcast now, and you know most of the pit crew guys you can almost name a bunch of them now. You know they're starting to get famous, and so yeah, yeah mean, Fox Sports is. Uh, yeah, they're interviewing a lot of the pit crew guys and profiling them a little bit, and they profiled uh, William Byron's pit crew. From- oh, it's it's like Sunday night football where you get to meet all the uh, players on the football team, right? And well, they say their uh, it's college like or where they came from. It's like the starting lineup, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, this yeah the first the first guy they did was awesome. Let me play it. Yeah, let's see. I'm sure we'll like get there. Like every week, we always talk about how instrumental the pit crews are in this sport, but we don't tell you who they are or show their faces. Well, this year, we're going to change that. We're going to introduce you to some of these pit crews. Yeah, that's what they're doing. So first up, the Daytona 500 championship team and the fastest overall pit crew in 2023, Oops. this William Byron's pit crew. Jeff Cordero, front tire changer, the New London Waterford Speedball, 2019 Cup Series champion, and Kyle Busch. Right out, right out front. The New London Waterford Speedball. I think he's been involved in uh, some of this type of pit crew stuff and working on bigger teams for a while because I think he worked on Kobolux's car um, on his way up. But yeah, most of these other guys, you know, they say, "Oh yeah, from uh, I'm a nose tackle from University of Paducah or some shit," you know. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, "Nah, I'm from the Waterford Speedball." Yeah, I came from racing. That's bet. That's as good as you know, miracle when uh, when the coach there was was making the guy skate back and forth doing suicide drills, and you go, "Okay, what's your name? I'm so and so player. Who do you play for? Uh, North Dakota." Get up. Yep. Skate again. Skate again. Then he goes to Mike Aruzioni. Who do you play for? The United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best answer. <laughs> okay, you can all hit the showers. Yeah. Yeah. Best answer right there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I know Jeff has been around, uh, like, touring NASCAR and other stuff. It's cool to see him uh, part of you know, the big leagues and been there for quite a while too, by the looks of it, which is pretty nice. So I know I think he, uh, worked with Jeffrey Paul as well on his SK some, a little bit and, uh, Kobolux car, like I said. So cool. Yeah. Did you just hear how, uh, erect Mike Joy was after hearing the Waterford speed bowl. Yeah. He was excited. Yeah. He thought it was cool. Yeah. Anytime you mention Connecticut or the Northeast, he's on it. Yes, he is. And he's going to tell you some cool factoid about it or something. Correct. Awesome. He's always got something in his pocket for his youth, which we were watching him uh, announce a 1980 cup race for MRN, which was put to video. And uh, my goodness, that was good. (laughs) Would you say, Brent, the best side part? The best side part I've ever seen in someone's hair. And his collars were popping. They were amazing. So, but but it was perfect. Mike Joy, MRN radio voice. So it was great. Anyway, well, I was shoot. I had notes, didn't I? Anyway, <laughs> now if that sidetrack, we got uh, last lap of stage two. This is where Joey Logano's glove didn't help him. <laughs> no. Uh, he drifted up into uh, Chris Busher's lane. Blocked. Yeah. For stage two midpoints. 
It literally put Chris Busher in the wall before he hooked him. Yeah. Like Busher took it all the way to the fence and then said, okay, that's far enough. And they wrecked, and then Denny Hamlin piles into the back of Busher's car and spins out. It's like, Jesus it's fucking wreck. This guy's having such a fucking bad day. Why is why are we blocking for shit place? Yeah, like eighth or ninth or whatever. I mean, that's Joey Logano. Sixth. If it's a plate type track, he's gonna make a stupid block. Mm-hmm. Because not he, clear, frick. Yeah, frick. Well, maybe he went the he went the other way. Okay, he should have actually he should have not put hair on top of his head. He should have sh- shaved that son of a bitch right off and got some vitamin D to his brain because he de- definitely hasn't improved any. <laughs> we haven't used that in so long. Yeah, that's that. Uh, still not really a great look for him, and I don't know what it is, man. I don't know if that hair grows or not. It looks fake. It it doesn't look like it grows. I don't know what's going on with it. Anyway. It comes out of a spray can. It's wilting. <laughs> I don't know, dude. He sprays <laughs> his hair with silly string. So anyway, uh, let's go to... I think they all pulled away, by the way, but I don't remember any of them actually finishing. I don't think Logano finished. He, I think he got towed to his pit. Not sure what happened to him afterwards. I think Chris Busher might have pit, but I think he had broken parts. 40 ish to go i think brad keselowski kyle larson john hunter nemechek got together coming off of turn three and uh, a couple of them went in a wall i think john hunter went for a spin that brought out a caution let's see after their third or fourth time going four wide it finally bit him in the ass when uh chase briscoe and denny hamlin made minor contact that sent briscoe spinning Hamlin got pushed into him by, I think Josh Barry punted him because they're in a line. What are you going to do? And it's a plate uh, track. You can't it's a plate track. You, by the time you lift, it's already over. Um, that pushed Hamlin into him. That ripped the right front off Hamlin, finally ended his day. Briscoe hit hard in turn three, but uh, nobody else got him, so he was okay. Uh, they were both done. Let's see, less than 15 to go. Josh Barry. Rough day again continues, spins off of two, collects Har- Carson Hosevar, who uh, launched into Tried the air. Tried to launch into orbit. Yeah, he had, I think, three of four tires off the ground, which was uh, quite the leap, and I can't believe he kept going. Uh, let's see. Chase Elliott spun to avoid that one as well. I think Barry was all done with broken tie or uh, toe links or whatever the hell they're called in the back of the car. Either way. Uh, I do have to give the Cup Series a little bit of credit because even though I dislike the changes that they made to Atlanta because I don't like full throttle racing, I don't think it really displays the amount of talent that we're capable of. I mean, again, we've given you instances in this show that there have been close finishes there before. It doesn't... I mean, yeah, we've created an opportunity Are you talking about the finish now? Yeah, I'm there. Oh, can we talk about the the spin between McDowell and Chase Elliott? Or was it William Byron? Or William Byron? Yeah, I think it was William Byron going to pit road. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did you notice that there was no caution? No, I didn't. Actually, yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I did. Yeah, what the fuck is going... Okay, here's NASCAR. Sometimes (laughs) a car doesn't even have to spin, and it's a fucking yellow. But this time, guys spin... Maybe even touched the wall. No yellow. Both of them hit the wall. 
Yeah, they both hit the wall. No yellow. Well, of course, you know why. They were in the middle of pit cycle. Yeah, they were in the middle of pit cycle, and there would be like five cars on the lead lap. And all of those cars would be guys who don't run up front every week. Right. Uh, yeah, and it's so hard to pass you, they'll never get their laps back. Right. So NASCAR and the committee, the caution committee, they go, okay, hmm, let's do a little checks and balances here. What's best for the show? Hmm. We're going to have, yeah, all the, you know, we're only going to have five cars on the lead lap or, or, or not. Well, I guess we'll do what's best for the show and not what's best for the sport by keeping it legitimate and saying, Hey, you know, it was a legitimate shit happens. Well, here's another thing is NASCAR keeps saying, Oh, well, we're not influencing the end of the race. And it's like, or the outcomes. And I'm like, well, by you kind of did by deciding to not throw the caution when any other time you'd be throwing the caution, you did. That's altering the outcome of the race by not being consistent. So correct. It's yeah, it delegitimizes the sport. You did what's best for the show, short term, but you hurt the sport in the long term because it's not about any kind of legitimacy. And here's the worst parts. The teams probably want it that way because they're like, well, what if we win a lap down? Our sponsors would be mad at us and they'd probably not come back. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? They're at fault too. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. <laughs> so I just wanted to touch on that. I know how Jesse hates that. But um, like I said, I got to give him credit. Uh, the cup cars were a lot better, well, suited or able to build runs on each other to actually pass and get by each other. And uh, they were actually enough. Well, they didn't have as much handling as you'd think they were actually able to get loose and kind of have handling problems while in the draft. So there were also different variables at play. Like if you watch the Xfinity and the truck race, you just watching a chooch fest. It was just single file. Nobody could pass. Nobody could build runs. Cup Series, they could actually build runs and pass, which was pretty good. You could watch people go back to front in the field. Like if they were good at getting a toe and manipulating the draft with experience, then you could see them pass a lot of cars. It was actually kind of interesting. But again, I'm still going to say it. Um, I don't like this kind of racing. Having your foot down pretty much the whole lap is and having the car not really move when you're in a pack of cars it's like well am i watching the best and that's what nascar when they came to prominence was using was that you were watching the best screw europe we're the best we do everything they do and more and we're more exciting and more you know fan friendly than them and shit like that now it's just like close races are entertaining and that's what people want. That's about it. Mm. That's all I can really offer you is that our race cars are loud and they risk, they run close together. That's better racing. Well, they shuffle them up every 25 laps. Yeah, that too. They also give them stage breaks because they need to, you know, pull down for their Big Mac or whatever Americans do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a redraw. Redraw. Right. So... I'll give them credit in the fact that they didn't wreck each other and they could actually pass for the lead. Like, you didn't see anybody build runs for the lead, but in this race, on the last lap, 
you saw the leader get a little too far out front, and the pack caught him, and they were able to challenge for the lead, which yeah. was nice. And nobody wrecked at the line right before the line or well, even after the fact. Either. How many times? How many times? And even just the last five years, yeah. have we had a good finish coming, and then all of a sudden? Somebody wrecks and it's just anticlimactic from there out. Yeah. It's like, oh, damn it all. I wanted to see him race it out. Well, this time we finally got to race the damn thing out. Yeah. And nobody crashed. And nobody really touched either. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank you, God. They didn't do anything stupid this time. I'm just glad they ran it down because we just, we actually did get the finish we should have all those other times. Um, But yeah, I mean, a lot of people like this race. There's a lot of people that love this race. Matter of fact, I think the and Jeff Gluck poll said at this point it says let's see, let me see let me see the poll right now. Yeah, everyone loved this race from from what I've heard. Just and okay, NASCAR looks pretty goddamn genius for. There have been engineering a package that will have a three wide at the line finish. At this very moment, right now, there have been forty five thousand five hundred and fifteen votes. As to whether or not this was a good race, ninety four point eight percent said yes. Yeah, a lot of people like this race. Pretty much ninety five to five, and they're all wrong. No, <laughs> no, we're kidding. Again, <laughs> again, I don't like this kind of racing for the reasons that you would expect a driver and and an old school fan to kind of have but at the same time i have to think about it this way if i just throw just critiques and criticism out it it's not really helping because i guarantee you if i was sitting in those grandstands near the start finish line i'd probably be high-fiving everybody around me mm-hmm. like whoa that was awesome you know so i gotta look at it that way i guess it was you know a really great finish and yeah you can look back to history and cherry pick a few and we've had great finishes before I just don't want this to devolve to a point where this is every week. We have to have this. We have to have this exciting three wide smashing cars into pieces and flipping across the finish line and all this other bullshit finishes. It's like I want my organic racing, but I guess this is okay too if it brings attention to the sport. I just, it was exciting. Yeah. But I'd really rather, I just, I like being a purist. I like, Man versus machine, ordinary doing the extraordinary. That's just me. I know that doesn't matter anymore. It's probably never coming back. But I love watching competition where you know something's hard to do. That's all. Like playing football, I can't do that. I'd get my ass kicked. Playing baseball, I'd, I'd strike out in three pitches. Like, not good. Basketball, not tall enough. Hockey, eh, it's really, really hard to do. Probably not going to happen. It's like... This is attainable, and we got to get back to a point where we can convince people of that again. But yeah, that's a real tough battle right now. So anyway, uh, we—I don't think we even said who won or what the finish was. I know everybody already saw it. it doesn't really matter at this point. But uh, let's see. Ryan Blaney had the lead down the backstretch. Had a huge run by Kyle Busch. Go to his outside. Daniel Suarez had an even bigger run. Put him three wide. Uh, and they came around three and four, three wide. They came through the trioval three wide. It was just, it was a fantastic finish because they didn't crash and they got to finish it out and all the fans got the cheer. And it was so close too. It was like three thousandths of a second. Yep. I think Daniel Suarez stole the win from third to first. Seven thousandths back to, uh, Kyle Busch. 
I was involved in a three wide finish once. <laughs> Some the seven one thousands. It was close. Yeah. It was close. We had all three noses across the line at the same time. That was an epic race, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Uh but anyway, yeah, Daniel Suarez got it over Oh man, Ryan Blaney, I believe, by three. Ryan Blaney and, and and Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch was only, you know, he was a distant seven one thousandths of a second behind. <laughs> I know, right? And then I think it was, uh, oh, something or other. It was not far back to fourth place. I think they were all under a tenth of a second at the line. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so it's a second win overall. Uh, let's see. I was trying to think of the statistic, but I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. But I think he's only the third foreign-born driver to win on ovals, I want to say. Or it could be road course and oval, I think, maybe. I don't know. But there's something. He's only like a very small amount of people to do it. Either way, I don't think I have any more notes other than just mindless discussion on shit we've already done. Well, we should uh, we should make our picks for next week. Oh yeah, we uh, do picks. Th- God, it's only the third week. week. I forgot we do picks now. How did we do this week? I lost. Brent, Brent had Corey LaJoy finish thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Jesse, you Not had bad. Chase Elliott finished fifteenth, and I had Michael McDowell finished eighth. Yep. So Phil wins again. <laughs> I go last again. Uh, Jesse picks first. Okay. And we're going to Las Vegas. Okay. Kyle Las Larson. Vegas. <laughs> Jesse going Kyle cool. Larson. Wow. Right out Low gate. hanging fruit. Yes, you're gonna son. you're gonna waste Kyle Larson this early, huh? Well, yeah. <laughs> I need to come from behind. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Ba-dum-ts. Wait, what? Phrasing. I got another pick, don't I? I mean I got another I could pick him again later, so Yeah, you got two yeah, of each driver, I think, time. but whatever. Do we reset at the playoffs? Yeah, we can reset at the playoffs. Oh, I don't if you know want. if we do or not. We're early enough. Uh, so I go next. Uh, I don't really know who I want to pick, but I was thinking of taking Farton Truex. I think he's pretty decent there, right? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Let's Thought see. Who the hell should I pick? Yeah, I'll take Farton. I'm gonna go with Alex Bowman. He's he's due for something good, but man, he's, he's won got, there in the past. I know he's been struggling lately, but I just really hope he doesn't have. Oh, what the hell was I just thinking of here? Jimmy Johnson CTE. syndrome. Well, I was gonna say Jimmy Johnson syndrome because you remember he had that huge ass wreck at Pocono in like seventeen or something. Yep, never won again, and it's like. Man, I wonder if Alex... I know he got that concussion. He was out. It's like... Then you had Chase Elliott get hurt. He ain't been the same. So, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's a tough one. Hmm. I was just reading a article. It says, Rockingham Speedway continues efforts to gain support for a major racing series to return because they've just gotten their racetrack freshly repaved. All right. I was... I'm really hoping they get one back. That would be great. I think you'll see them get an ARCA race next year. I don't mm-hmm. know that you're going to see maybe trucks next year, too, trucks but I don't think be... you're going to see Xfinity or Cup anytime soon. Man, trucks would be fantastic there. I know the Smart Modified Tour is going to go run on the uh, Mini Martinsville replica on the back out behind the backstretch there. They're putting stands around it. They already put walls up. 
Oh, the little so there, the little rock or whatever they call it. Yeah, they call it Little Rock, but it's literally just a half mile. It's or a quarter mile. I can't remember now, but it's it's a I've, miniature yeah. replica of of Martinsville or a replica of Martinsville. Yeah, yeah, we've seen that place. Yeah, it's a yeah. They've they, it was there. just like a test place. Yeah, you've probably been there. And I've seen been it. there. Yeah, yeah you've twice. seen it probably. Yeah. Uh, it, I I went there for a tire test with a modified tour a long time ago. Was that when Woody did it? No, it was after Woody's. I oh, I was okay. down here. Oh wait, it was before Woody's. Uh, Woody's happened while I was up there. It was before I had driven up. I can't remember who the fuck it was. It was a Southern driver. Hmm. I went up there just to watch and see because I mean. Who doesn't want to see modifieds run on a 1.3 mile? Right. That would um, be dangerous. <laughs> I know. I have in-car footage from Woody's. I had Dylan Kopech brought my GoPros down there and put them in the car, and that was bonkers to watch. Hmm. But uh, that track, I never got to see it. I never knew it existed until a number of years later. So... I'm reading that Rockingham article and they said that if you want to drum up support, they have like a page on their website where you can buy merch that says support the rock or back the rock or something like that. It's pretty neat or believe in the rock. There it is. Track website is Rockingham dash speedway.com. Isn't there a Rockingham speedway in England? Yes. Yes. Don't they have an oval as well? Maybe. I thought they did. They're frightened of ovals. Well, that's why we need to come run the clash there. They can't they can't handle the quickness. <laughs> I think it's Rockingham Raceway though. Either way, it'll be pretty neat. Yeah, there you go. Take the clash overseas. That'll be fun. Either way, I believe I'm fully out of notes this time. If anybody has any talking points now, let me hear them or else we're done here. Well, Rockingham over in England is not an oval. It's a square? Oh. I thought they had some kind of a roundy it's, round it, track. It is, but it's like a square. So it's like a Indianapolis with shorter straightaways. Yeah. That's weird. It's like Indianapolis and Concord had a love child. Hmm. Very interesting looking track. Clash 2025. Anyway. Is, is that after they go to Mexico and Kyle Busch gets uh, arrested? <laughs> Deported. <laughs> We got you I now, not, I say. <laughs> I did not know they had so many ovals in Mexico. I was looking that oh, up they when they started. Yeah, they started mentioning names, and I was like, they got some pretty damn cool tracks down here. It actually wouldn't be terrible to see them go down there, just do something like an exhibition race. Yeah, I mean. They went to Japan. Why watch, not? Well, Japan's a lot safer than Mexico. <laughs> Let's be safe. The drug Let's cartel's be... not going to come in and kill everybody? And gotcha. all the corrupt cops aren't going to want cash to let you go and, you know. All sorts of stuff. Anyway, I believe I'm finally out of notes. All right, so you can find this podcast on every major podcasting platform. You can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You want to send us an email, go to Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com. You can even send us a voicemail. It uh, let's see, I think it's podcaster.spotify.com slash making laps, or you can use our old web logo or web address, whatever the hell it is. Uh, anchor.fm slash making laps, it might actually redirect you there. You could also find us, uh, oh, you can find us individually. I am at uh, Brankleason01 on Instagram and Twitter, X, whatever it is now. 
I'm also on YouTube at youtube.com slash Brent Gleason. And by the way, please don't forget about the racechoice.com thing. You can use my code support Gleason for 5% off. So at least people get something out of it. So even if I don't get that sponsorship, at least people who know me could get 5% off. So anyway, you can find Phil at at PJ's racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can find Jesse. He's over there. You, you can find me. He's back. Uh, you can find me. Find you where? Spit it out. In that picture. No, you can't. Anyway. Yes, you can. Boy, this is your first time back all season, so. Yay! Oh, please don't do that. And when... he's gone again. And you're banned. So, <laughs> so please kick the season off properly by doing it right. How do we end the show? Keep the nurse head down, stay on fence. Thank you for listening. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Yeah.